0: Projection-wise, last question. What, what do you think out of the Browns? out of curiosity. Eight wins, nine wins. Nobody
1: cares about no the Browns. I just, I just ask a lot, man. <laughs> you got to bark if we the underdog.
0: Well, I mean, my coaches were,
1: you know, I say my idols, but in a lot of ways, the guys that I respected uh, as much as anybody that, you know, I've ever been around.
2: We're back with another episode of the Underdog Podcast. This is the place where knowledge nuggets aren't something you eat, but something you learn. But before we get to tonight's show, we want to say thank you, whether it's your first time listening or you're a faithful listener, please download and leave a comment so we can continue to grow the underdog community. And with that, let's get after it.
1: That's the biggest thing that I think that my job as a coach to do is to teach people how to handle adversity, because there's one guarantee in life is that you're going to get knocked down at some point and how you react to that is the most important thing in your life, okay? Because at the end of the day, you have two choices. You can react to it negatively or you can react to it positively. You can find the good. And it's our choice, and we have to make the right choice, and it's not an easy choice, but it's our choice to make sure that in times of negativity, in times of adversity, that we find the good in them.
2: Currently, the outside linebackers coach at the Perennial Powerhouse, West Virginia Mountaineers, the man with the southern draw coach Dante Wright welcome to the show man
1: I appreciate y'all having me that was one heck of an intro you did a great job Kyle great to see you appreciate y'all like I said for having me excited to be on
0: absolutely we're it's an honor to have you and uh the one thing that you know I think you are an older statesman at Miami where we all played ball together I believe you made us uh or your your upperclassmen cohorts made made us sing on top of uh lunch table. So we want, to, we want to start it off and do the West Virginia justice here and do a little rookie, can't say the word hazing, but orientations. Can you give us a little bit of Country Roads from uh, John Denver?
1: Let me tell you what, I can, but I'm not going to because nobody on this call wants to hear me sing that.
0: <laughs> That's why just, he is really good at what he does.
1: I have no musical talent at all.
2: <laughs> hey, that, that just goes to show your self-awareness is
0: is 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 top-notch.
1: <laughs> hey, got to know yourself, man. If you hey. don't know yourself, good luck.
0: Good I can tell you this work. much. When Black and Decker come to Morgantown and you guys beat Oklahoma, we're all going to be singing it.
1: Every single one of us, the top of our lungs.
0: There we go. Damn right.
1: A couch burner or something. Who knows?
0: <laughs> well, Coach, uh,
2: with this being the underdog, a lot of times we like to really dive into, you know, some of the most adverse moments that our that our guests have faced, and you know, you starting out, you know, as a young man uh, and have have accumulated the success that you have. Want to go back to, you know, your childhood? Um, you know, you're from Louisa, Kentucky, a very small town, population of about 2,000. Um, and I know you talked last night, kind of on our pre-call with. You know some experiences with your mom of attending a KKK rally um, and whatnot. Can You just kind of take us back to kind of your childhood and, and your upbringing and 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 ultimately you know what happened to you in in the in seventh grade.
1: Yeah, I, I sure can, and it's an important part in my life. And I'll get to that. Um, I know you said I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. I did. I was born in uh, on Andrews Air Force Base and just outside of Washington D.C. Um, both of my parents were in the Air Force, they retired from the Air Force. Uh, my mother and father split when I was about five or six years old, don't know the exact time, you know how we get, we, we kind of put that stuff out of our memory a little bit. Um, but around that time we when they split, we moved to Kentucky where my mother's dad was and the rest of her family um, to Louisa, Kentucky, which like you said, is about 2000 people. It's right on the border of West Virginia, about three and a half hours from where I am right now. Um, grew up there. it wasn't easy because as you can imagine in the the nineties to two thousands in small town, Eastern Kentucky racism was real. And me and my brother and sister were the only people of color really in the town. Um, and and it didn't go over well at times, but it's part of the reason why I am who I am because it showed me what sports can do for young men and how to help that helps them to get through those rough patches. So I grew up in Louisa, Kentucky, uh, when I was in seventh grade where, where things kind of started going down a, a, as an adverse time in my life. Uh, my mother passed, not passed away. Sorry. My mother and me and my brother and sister were over in Huntington, West Virginia, coming back from the VA hospital. because She was sick. She had a uh, hepatitis that she contracted getting a tattoo when she was younger. Um, and we were coming back from there. She had an appointment coming back, trying to get me to my, uh, Football practice, and, and somehow, some way, somebody cut her off. She overcorrected. We rolled six, seven times, all of us in the car. Um, she, my mother, unhappily, uh, circumstantially got thrown out of the car, and the, the van rolled over top of her and it crushed her pelvis. And I t- say that leading into that because that's where her downhill really started. Because before that, she was a, a normal mother, she was doing everything, but she just happened to be sick. Once she got in a car accident, then the, the, the hepatitis kind of took over and really basically ate her alive. Um, and during that time, it was she was in the hospital, so I was living at the time in seventh grade with my grandfather, uh, my, my father, who I had not spoken to since we, we moved away from, uh, from uh, Andrews Air Force Base there. Um, he came back in for about a week and uh, we had some uh, very candid moments of that you wouldn't want to have um, as a, a son and a father, but they were there, and it's really what drove me to get to the success I had in football, and and, and success I'm having in life because I was a pretty good player, and uh, he uh, came and watched me play the only time he ever came and watched me play, and I remember it like it's yesterday. He kind of looked at me and was like, uh, I, "I don't really know what all the hype is about. You're really not all that good. Uh, people need to quit blowing your head up." And and that kind of just hit home, and I was done with him from there. So I moved on from him and, and, and continued about things and stayed with my grandfather at the time, like I was saying, um, while my mom was in the hospital. And then she finally got out of the hospital and was on hospice um, in the house. So I, I had to help take care of my mother with, with nurses and things like that. And then tragically, my freshman year, my birthday, my freshman year, my mother passed away. And as hard as that is for a lot of people to say, I, I sound crazy at times saying this, but it's the worst and the best day of my life. And why that why that is, is because it, it gave me a wake up call because I wasn't doing anything bad, but I I, I just didn't really care enough about people and, and took them for granted. And that made me realize that everybody's not guaranteed to be here. So I need to make sure I hug my loved ones and I I take relationships seriously and try to really, truly dive into that aspect. So it forced me to grow up. Uh, from there, we moved on. And I know I'm going along. If you got questions, go ahead and hit me. From there, moved on and moved in with my aunt and uncle. Uh, they were great. While I was in high school, some things came up and, and it didn't work out there. So I moved out from them um, my, after my freshman year of college and ever since I've been living on my own. And, and when I say living on my own, I don't say that truly because obviously all of us have helped and, and people that are there for us to help us get to where we want to go. But I was, I didn't have a true home. I, I stayed in my dorm room with, with Calvin for a while. in <laughs> and, and was one my thing on my own with people trying to help me along the way. That is, that's, that's my background leading up to to college essentially.
0: So we, we actually have a commonality Dante. We both live with him for a period of time and, and, I feel bad for us, man. I really do. I, mean,
1: <laughs> I wouldn't wish I wouldn't wish it on anybody. Yeah, okay. I'm,
0: I'm right there with you, man. I, I mean, you were on the same same I, wavelength. I made you both better men.
2: at The end of the day, that's what it comes down to. I mean, you, you taught both. us what
1: not to do.
0: That's what I'm, <laughs> I'm the old man who groomed you guys exactly. Well, let me jump in real quick. Yeah. Um, Why you guys were roommates, Calvin? You touched upon this, and I think you should kind of talk about that one moment where you, Dante, as you said, you didn't go out on your own, but you did, you know, in a way. Talk to like about your, I believe, sophomore or junior year at Miami, or maybe his freshman year, yeah. uh, sophomore year at Miami, and kind of that moment where you guys spent together, which was kind of one of the adverse points, as you had mentioned in your life. So yeah, so as Dante, I know
2: you 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 remember this. Um, we were living together that summer, and I remember, like you said about some things a little earlier, I remember it was like it was yesterday. You know, we had been friends for a while and teammates um and there was a moment that came up where you found out that you know there was just some dishonesty happening in your family um and you didn't really erupt but I could see that it tore you apart um and that I think that was a a point that you had kind of alluded to where you then separated from then you know your aunt and uncle who had really kind of been helping you along the way
1: yeah uh as bad of a time as it was it 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 a good time for me also because it it, as we joked about you teaching us what what not to do that was a situation where i learned what not to do and how i didn't want to treat people and on the adverse side of it, how i wanted to be for people i wanted to be that person that didn't let somebody down it was always there that had their back and and was honest with them no matter if they that honesty they didn't want to hear it or not but I, i wanted to be honest with people and i wanted to have real relationships that i keep hitting on Every single day, but that was a tough time that taught me a lot. And I was lucky to have people like yourself and the rest of the guys in the house there to help me deal with that because that, as a 19, 20 year old young man, those things can really get you in a rut. But I had good people in my corner and, and that were showing me the way of what, what I needed to do to make sure I didn't go down those pitfalls.
0: What? You no, know, I think that's just important. I want to jump in is, mm-hmm. and just kind of re bring it to, I guess, a little bit the current state. Uh, something I didn't realize while playing with Dante and then speaking with you and, and understanding once again, his underdog journey. I think our, our podcast is here to overcome adversity and just to, you know, people, we had Austin hatch Dante from Michigan basketball used to play. Now he's a speaker. He lost, uh, he was in two plane crashes and lost his whole family. And I think, you know, that's obviously tragic, but just as tragic, you know, is Dante, you know, losing basically most of your family per se it might not be, you know, uh, death, But, you know, indirectly, you're still losing that relationship. So the adversity, I guess, where I'm getting at, um, just because you might not have uh, they physically passed away um, that and I know your mom did, but the others that were involved, you know, it's obviously probably had a dramatic impact into the man you are today, as you mentioned.
1: It, It has. It is. I would not be here. Like I said, the best and worst day with my mom, I would not be the man that I am today if it was not for the things that I went through. I firmly believe that because the person I was before that, yeah, I was young, but I still, I was not on the right track. I wasn't going to end up probably in jail or anything like that, but I just wasn't going to be the person that I could be. So that's the biggest thing that I think that my job as a coach to do is to teach people how to handle adversity. Because there's one guarantee in life is that you're going to get knocked down at some point. And how you react to that is the most important thing in your life. Because at the end of the day, you have two choices. You can react to it negatively or you can react to it positively. Right. You can find, find the good. And it's our choice, and we have to make the right choice, and it's not an easy choice, but it's our choice to make sure that in times of negativity, in times of adversity, that we find the good in them. And, and you heard me say that about my mother. I didn't really mention much about my, my aunt and uncle and those people like that, but they, they taught me to find the good. And the good was finding what I wanted to be as a person. And now that I've found that, I, that's what I try to influence on other people, whether that be people I coach or people that may be listening here that I get to talk to whenever I get other talks throughout the world is that we have the choice of how we want to react to the negative things, positive things that happen to us in our lives. We just have to make the right choice. Um, and, and it sounds simple and I know it's not simple, but it truly is a choice and you get to make that choice every single day.
2: Love it, man. So let's fast forward. Um, and there's one thing that you know, if you go and YouTube yourself, and which I'm sure you've probably done,
0: um, <laughs> you're you know, there's hey, a, there, <laughs> you're bringing heat on him. I know he's got he's stuff get, on
1: He's gonna get it.
2: Mm-hmm. So, but. Um, There's one thing you do that is there's a common theme in any YouTube video of you whether being out there with the players or being in front of the media um, and it's your coaching philosophy which is tough love. Care to elaborate and speak on what tough love is for you and what it's maybe done for you and and how you're you know putting that into instilling that into your players lives uh, every day.
1: Yeah, I, I, that is that is the staple of who I am as a person. I, I, I firmly believe that. And tough love, the word love is weird in football. Not a lot of people associate that word with football because we're this masculine, tough, physical sport that you don't think of that. But at the end of the day, when, whenever you have a company, you have a team, you have whatever, if you don't have a true connection and true love there, you're probably not going to be as good as you should be. You can't, you're can't. you not going to be elite. You might be really good, but you will never get to that elite status if you don't have that love. So what I mean by tough love is, first and foremost, I have to first find out what makes those people tick, okay? And, and how I find out what makes those people tick is I have to build relationships with them, true relationships with them, and let them know that these relationships are not about sport. These relationships are not about uh, what sells or whatever field you may be in. Those are not about that, but it's about me making a true connection and relationship with you as a person and you understanding that I want to help you get everything you want out of life. Okay. And you do that by having one-on-one conversations by going out and being away from the office or or the the stadium or wherever it may be and truly getting them in a setting where it's not your typical setting. It's not the office. It's not the field. Get them in, in their comfort zone almost. Um, and letting them know that you care about them as people. Um, and then once you, why you have to do that is because if I don't show you that I have a relationship with you, and I care about you as a person, I cannot get on you. I cannot be hard on you. Now I can, sorry, I shouldn't maybe put it that way. I can get on you, I could be hard on you, but you will not listen. That person will not take the coaching or the advice that you are trying to get them if you do not have a real relationship with them. So you have to build that there, And that's why I start with the love aspect of it because once you have the love aspect and the care aspect and the relationship aspect, now you can be tough on them because you could be tough on them. And I'm not a big yeller and screamer. I do when I have to, um, which is very few and far between um, because of the relationships that I build. But once you build that relationship, you can be as hard on them as you want because they know that it is not personal. They know that it is about product. They know that it is about, oh, I messed up this play. It's not about them as people. So so tough love is building true relationships and gaining that trust with each other so that you can demand from each other.
2: When you're, so when someone's, you know, being in a leadership role as yourself, so when, when you're new, as you know, we'll talk about kind of your journey, uh, how you've, you know, multiple different uh, colleges and universities, but being new to the West Virginia, West Virginia community, how have you been able to establish, um, you know, those expectations and making sure that you know they know what they're what to expect from you, and you also know what to expect from them. Can you touch on that?
1: Well, uh, it, it's it, that's been a little difficult to be honest during this time with COVID going on, because um, I only got a little, about three and a half weeks with the guys before this all shut down. Um, it was a great three and a half weeks. I mean, I spent every single day, Saturday and Sunday included meeting with guys. And that's when I say meeting with them, I don't mean having scheduled meetings. I mean, they pop in my office, sit down, have a talk, whatever we talk on the phone. Um, but now once this COVID has started, it truly went to online. And I had to make a point of, of FaceTime, not calling, not texting because that's the easy way out for these guys is FaceTime and let them see my face and me see their face to see what's real and what's being said. Um, so right now during that time is that that's what I'm focusing on is, All of these meetings that we do is we, I I begin mine with just talking. I let them talk first because as a leader, once again, I said this before is figuring out who they are as I sit in on the first five or 10 minutes of this meeting and don't even coach. I don't say a word. I just let them get on and them talk and I pay attention to what they're saying and how they're interacting with each other. And at times you'll see people get under people's skin and now you can see little things that they may not like, or, or that they do like, it really sets them off in a laughing mode, which is important. You got you can't always just focus on the negatives, obviously, but I sit back and I just watch and, and try to figure out who these guys are. And now I, I'm blessed that I've got an unbelievable group that, that is letting me in. And now we get to joke and have a good time because they know that, I'm not here to, to be their dad. I'm not here to be a dictator. I'm here to do this with them. And if you're here to do this with them, they see me working out, they see me studying, they see me doing whatever I have to do for my job, including what they have to do with their job. So I I don't want to tell them to do something that I won't do. Now I'm not going to get out to run a bunch of stadium stairs and all that stuff. Let's not lie. (laughs) But I I will work out to show them that I'm doing the same thing, but I, I just, The relationship side of it is more difficult now, but it is so much easier with FaceTimes and Zooms. And you can see people's faces and try to build real relationships. And I'm lucky that I have a great group that's bought into it.
0: And something that you guys are doing at West Virginia that I've really loved to engage with, especially in recent times, as we've prepared for this podcast is trusting the climb, right? And that's Coach Brown. And now you've come on board is when you're talking about, you know, doing that together, you know, being part of the solution and, and being together as a unit. Can you touch upon the, uh, that, what you guys believe in the motto of trust the climb?
1: Yeah. So, so trust the climb is a big grand scheme of things. Okay. That is, that is obviously narrowed down into certain aspects. Uh, obviously we want to talk about trust the climb in terms of being a man. We want to talk about trust the climb in terms of getting a degree and having an education and then trust the climb and trying to win a big 12 championship. Okay, so those are the things. First and foremost, whenever you have a plan and a goal and an outlook, what what are you trying to get it? What is the end goal? What do you want? Let's find that out first. Okay, so that's what we figured out. Okay, so as a person, we want to be great men. We want to be great men, great husbands, great fathers, great brothers, sisters, whatever your role is. We want to be great men. So we put a plan together for those guys in terms of leadership and teaching them how to become leaders and teaching them how to become accountable and be men i i, I keep saying be men be men as general that could be man woman whatever it may be but how to do things right right and wrong make the correct choices um so that they can get to that 40 50 year old version themselves then you talk about trust to climb in the academic world okay well we want to make sure our end goal is we want to end this thing with a degree so what we're going to do is trust that every single day that when we have staff meetings, we're talking about academics, okay? Every single day when I have position meetings or accountability meetings, which is with random players on the team, we talk about academics every single day. We, I, I, I talk through every single one of my guys to-do list in terms of what they have coming up for the week in school, that day in a week during uh, academics every single day. So we're t- talking about trusting the process of, I have to get up and I have to go to class I have to do my work for class. I have to study for exams and trust that everything that I'm doing is going to end up at the end goal. And then trust the climb. Obviously the the easy part is the sports part is we have to trust that our our strength conditioning people are putting us in the right workouts that are designed to make me the best player that I can be. Our nutrition people are giving me the correct plan to fuel my body and get what I need out of my body. I gotta trust once again, the academic people. And then also obviously our coaches are putting ourselves, our players in positions to be successful on the field. We gotta trust that they know what they're doing and they're doing their job to the best of their ability as players. Um, so trust the climb encompasses all of those three phases as men, as academics, as and, and then obviously the football field. And all it is saying when you break it down is coming up with a plan, And executing that plan and trusting that that plan is going to help you reach your end goals.
2: Can you elaborate a little bit on that plan? Um, Some of the, maybe a couple of things that you guys have done uh, as it pertains to, you know, becoming a man. And the reason I ask is because I always go back to, I say this every time we talk to a coach, you know, you have that, you know, mid forties parent who has a 17, 18 year old, who's going to be blessed enough to go play collegiate athletics, but why should they come play for Dante at West Virginia? Um, and listening to, you know, obviously your plan as far as being a man, getting a degree in the Big 12 t- championship. But can you just highlight maybe a couple of things you guys have done as a group um, to help maybe as, along those lines of becoming a man and and, and and kind of seeing what success they could have?
1: Yeah, my, my favorite thing, and I hit it a little bit, I, I spoke of it, I didn't hit on it, is my favorite thing that we're doing here is our accountability teams. And right now, that sounds like that's built just for the, the, the pandemic that we're in right now, but we do this year-round. And it is a way to get guys around people that they're not used to being, because we get in our position groups and everybody's comfortable, because that's who you're around every single day. Um, we force them to be around positions that they're not used to being around, relationships that they're not used to having with people that they're, that are from somewhere else. So inside of those groups, and this is just one thing that we do that I I really, really, truly love, inside of those groups from day one, we are starting on, first and foremost, choices. Okay, that's where we we lead everything, is choices. Everything we do is, you have a choice. Everything you do in your life, everything you do with football, everything you do with academics, you have a choice. So the first thing we want to execute them uh, and educate them on is understanding how to make the correct choices. OK, and, and we all understand right from wrong and, and, and those kinds of things. But what I'm talking about is choices as I know what my end goal is. OK, and I know what it takes to get to my end goal. I have to make the right choice. Do I want instant gratification right now? And make the choice of, oh, I can do that workout later. Or I can do that quiz later. Or I can study for this test later or whatever it may be. Or do I want delayed gratification, which at, at not at times always is bigger and better than that instant gratification? And with that delayed gratification, well now you have to take some some, for lack of a better words, some suffering. Okay, you have to take some hardships. You have to, it's going to be tough, but I have to sacrifice now to get what I want later. Okay, so we educate them on choice first and foremost. And then, which is the biggest part and I know it's called accountability, but it really could be called leadership groups, is now we execute educate them on being leaders, okay? And everybody is not this alpha that that controls a room. There are different types of leaders, okay? Lead by example, you can lead by words, you can all kinds of different types of leaders, but there also has to be followers, okay? Because if you have nothing but leaders, well, everybody's pulling in different directions, okay? And when I say there has to be followers, just because you are a follower does not mean that you're not still a leader. Sure. Okay. You just lead differently. You have a smaller role in that leadership ability that you have. Um, yes, the alphas, they're going to lead and they're going to be in front of everything. They're going to talk all the time. But those followers, those followers, obviously, the alphas have to show them the way, but those followers have to be willing to accept that and they have to be willing to follow. Okay. And then once they're willing to follow, now they progress. And now they become leaders in time, okay? So that that is the biggest thing I think that we do is first we teach them about choices. Second, we teach them about leadership. And in leadership, obviously, we have different talks. We're going through uh, books all the time. We're on our second book right now, um, The Difference Between We and Me. Um, I don't remember the author right now. I apologize for that. Uh, But just talk about the we culture. Compared to the me culture, which the we is about others and the, the me is about selfishness. Um, so that is the biggest thing that I think we do is teaching them about choices and how to make the right choices and then about leadership. And then the third piece of it is about accountability.
0: Man, I think we should send uh, your old roommate here, Mr. Blackman, to Morgantown because he uh, he could use some tough love. You know, we were working out the other day and uh, it was raining and he said, I said, I want to work outside. He wanted to work inside. And he said, man, I don't, I don't do work in the rain. I said, Wow, well, now I'm talking to Coach Wright. I think he might have to come get some tough love down in Morgantown. Ask Coach, him up here. i will
1: get him right. Ask <laughs> Coach
0: Wright the last time he worked out in the rain. Uh, probably recently, I bet. Yesterday. Boom. There we go. It wasn't a workout.
1: It was a run. But it wasn't
0: yeah, don't don't question the man. Take that offline. And actually, <laughs> speaking of questioning, and since he's trying to bring the heat, okay. let, let's talk about the heat concept. Uh, humble, okay. effort, attitude, and toughness. I think that's a great acronym to go off of the heat here. And uh, since we're all giving each other some heat, let's talk about it. I like what you did I there. I love it.
1: Great tie-in.
0: Right. Okay. That was great. That was, that was terrific.
1: <laughs> this was something that nothing is ever your own. In sports, I hope we all understand that you get bits and pieces from everywhere. But this is something that I kind of. And Calvin asked me his question on the on the pre-call last night of when this this motto kind of came into play. But he jumped over it, and I didn't really explain it. Um, in 2007, I was at it was my first year coaching. I was a GA at Kentucky, and I, I was blessed beyond all measures. Rich books was unbelievable. Um, our, our defense coordinator, Steve Brown, was great. Jacob Phillips was our offense coordinator, had great position coaches. Um, and we were extremely talented. And I, I think we all understand Kentucky football at that time was not what it is now, which is pretty good right now. But we were extremely talented. And, and we got up into the top ten at, at one point in uh, the year. And I can remember it like it was yesterday, is it felt so good around – everybody what we what we were about was we were about hard work giving unbelievable effort on the field and being tough okay and, and all of that was working great and then we had one little hiccup an injury and our one of our star players goes down just for a half and we lose the game and then things start to snowball and what you saw there was when you didn't have all the pieces in your top stuff, you didn't have the true structure and the culture that you needed. Okay. So when, when one piece fell, they all started falling. Not that we ended up having a bad year. We ended up seven and five or eight and five, whatever it was, went to a bowl game, had a great year, but we had the potential for a special. year. So after that, I started, that was really, I, my, like I said, my first year coaching, I really started thinking, what happened? What happened? Well, in my opinion, and this is nobody else. I'm not saying I'm right, wrong. This is my true opinion. And it's not enough. is we didn't have the proper leadership to be humble in our success that we were having. So I thought, all right, well, there's the first thing that went wrong was humble. Okay. We were not humble. We, we, we got to where we were arrogant. Heck we walked around like we were the walk of the talk of the walk, you know? Um, but then I also took from that. Well, well, how did we become good? Unbelievable effort. I mean, you put that film on, and those guys were flying around. Defense players were knocking. I mean, they're, we're we're playing with two two stars, maybe a couple three star guys, and, and we're we're going down and beating Georgia. We're we're taking down Florida to the wire. I mean, we're we're a really really good team. Um, so we play with unbelievable effort, unbelievable attitude. Um, but then. Once we got bad, our attitude went to crack. So once again, there was another thing that I thought, well, what would that, that's a big issue, okay? So I took two positives and two negatives. My positives were the effort, okay? I think that is huge. Effort is unbelievable in sports, okay? And then the toughness. We were unbelievably tough, okay? But not so much on the mental side of it, all right? So, and then the two negatives were humbleness and uh, attitude, sorry, okay? So I started sitting there thinking, I'm like, okay, so how can I make this into something that I believe in? And I came up with heat and I came up with humble effort, attitude, and toughness, all right? And how they're all tied together is I've got to be humble enough. I, I got to have confidence, but not be cocky, which is the definition of humble in my, my opinion. Okay. I've got to go out there and I've got to have unbelievable effort and work like I'm in last place, but have the confidence that I am in first place. Okay, so there's my my effort and my attitude mixed into in in two. And in toughness, obviously we always talk about toughness as the physical aspect of it, but we have to be mentally tough and understand that things are going to go wrong. It's going to happen. Somebody's going to get a play on you. Somebody's going to get a penalty. The ref's going to make a bad call. Something bad is going to happen. How are you going to respond to that bad? So, so I came up with the HEAT acronym and then I tied it into every single aspect of our life and not sports. Is you got to have the same humble effort and attitude toughness in the classroom. You got to go in there and go to work every single day like it is your job. And you got to have the confidence to go in there and trust that you can learn the material and get what you need out of the class to attain your degree one day. You got to have the right attitude because if you don't have the right attitude, you go in there, oh crap, I got to go to class again. Are you going to be at your best? No, you're not going to learn what you need. Okay. Uh, And and then that toughness, once again, is being able to overcome whatever happens in that class, whether it be good or whether it be bad. Um, So I kind of just tied it all together and it became something that I believed in. And, And I've used it at every stop that I've been at. I haven't got as much into it here just because I only had the three weeks with them in person. I'm not a big, non-person with that t- kind of talk. I want that to be more in person, but it will be a big part of who we are here.
0: Sure. No, that's great. Thank you for sharing the heat. And hopefully Mr. Blackman will will institute that here here coming up. So, <laughs> sure I'll, I'll, so. I'll, I'll keep you in the loop though. But going back, you talked about the journey. You've only been in West Virginia for a couple of weeks. Something I found uh, studying your body of work, as mentioned, after leaving Miami being at UK, North Alabama, Center College, Moorhead State, Tennessee Tech, Western Michigan, and now WVU. The one thing that stuck out to me, Dante, from my opinion, was the persistence that you had of continuing your climb. I'm talking about trusting the climb, you know, if if you look at back at all those stops, you kept. Obviously, uh, the coaching industry is identifying your talent. Anyone that's listening to this point, we're approximately thirty minutes in would understand, obviously, you have a, a talent and a gift to lead young men and women. Um, talk to us about the defined, clear vision in your career and anyone that's aspiring, whether if it's in the, the working world of uh, you know a different career or in a different industry or inside of coaching, what is someone that's listening that you can tell them about your defined vision and your belief of continuing your climb?
1: Okay, so so my defined vision, all right. And, and my clear belief of what my climb is. OK. At the end of the day, and we talked about this last night. At the end of the day, football is football. OK. So, yes, do I, I, as a competitor, I want to be at the top. OK. So that's why my climb continues to why I want my climb to keep going is because of my competitive nature. But my true climb and my true, true definition of why to do this is to help build betterment. Okay, and that's why I said football is football. It doesn't make a difference. All right, and, and Calvin said this last night about adversity, about dropping to lower levels, and I told him, no, that's not it. I said, it, it's not adversity. It's just another stop. Um, so my true, my true definition of me and why I do what I do every single day is to help young men who maybe didn't have or do have the role models that they need get what they want out of their lives, okay? And as long as I keep that outlook, where I'm at and what I'm doing will not matter. And as long as I keep that outlook, I will keep progressing because that uh, outlook is my why. All right. And, And that's something that I think is unbelievably important for every single human in this world is to know your why. I don't care what you do. you can be a janitor. Why do you wake up every single morning? Okay. And my why is to help young men. Okay. And when, when you wake up and you have the why in mind, then the work will come with it. You'll, you you don't have to push yourself to get out of bed. You don't have to push yourself to go and get that workout. You don't have to push yourself to study film or to study, uh, read a book, or whatever it may be. you go out and do it because you have something bigger than yourself that is driving you. And, and I think that is key in everything we do is find out your why. Once you find out your why, put it out there in front of yourself every single morning. Yep. When you put it out there in front of yourself every single morning, you'll chase after it every single morning. And if your why is right, because you can't have a wrong why. People chase money, people chase fame, all that stuff. If your why is right, when it's all said and done and the dust clears, you'll be sitting where you want to be sitting. Whatever your goals are, you will attain those because you will never stop pursuing your why, and making that come to fruition. Yeah, and
0: that's a great knowledge nugget. I love that. You've said a lot of different things, given a lot of different philosophies and advice, but anyone that's listening, if you take one thing away – is going back to and a lot of things we've talked about and even with Simon Sinek and, and uh, who came out with the book, that's it, well known, one of the best out there. Um, what is your why? Defining your why. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I love that, man. And, and, and to me, piecing your whole story together, and that's one thing I didn't necessarily understand completely when we played together was everything that happened. And I think a lot of those things that happened in your life and that adversity you know, you've obviously that's helped define your why and now you have that clarity and you attack it every day and you have a clear vision, which I think does help you persevere through those tough times. And then using all of your 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 training and your DNA and your mental toughness and uh, using the heat acronym yourself and setting that example, you know, your servant leadership is definitely something I think anybody listening and watching and results speak for themselves i mean just look at his body of work so if you're if you're thinking we're biased because we're old teammates and friends that's not the case my man has earned his way through uh in each stop and i know you're going to do big things uh down there in morgantown so
1: i appreciate that
0: we ready for uh rapid fire rapid fire yeah i think that was a mic
1: drop fire
2: rapid fire you didn't know about this did you
1: I did not. Thanks. I Appreciate the heads up. Yep.
0: No <laughs> doubt. Here, here's your heads up. You didn't think we we're going to let you off easy, man. Come on now.
1: <laughs> no, good with it.
0: All right. So your guilty pleasure is steak.
1: Oh, I love it. <laughs> I had steak last night.
2: <laughs> so you claim to make the best steak ever. But with that being said, you are also an advocate for going out and trying new steaks at different restaurants. Can you talk a little bit about your love for steak? Why you believe you have the greatest steak, and have you found a steak that come close that comes close to to what you're able to produce yourself?
1: Uh, my love for steak is as I am a simple human. I, I like meat and potatoes, and and I don't get around that. I mean, I, I, I'm that's about all I eat. Um, but my true love for it is is that you it's an um it, it's an extremely delicate thing to cook. A, as weird as that is to say, but you can mess a steak up in a heartbeat. A dry steak, in my opinion, is awful. and And that delicacy that you have to you have to be so easy with it and actually have a process and figuring out that process and different types of cuts and meats and those kind of things that's what that's what excites me. I really get off really enjoy <laughs> sorry about that really enjoy searching for let's make sure we cut that out. Okay? <laughs> um, sorry, I couldn't help myself. Uh, but you like steak. I, I absolutely love it. I will not tell you how I go about cooking my steaks because that's for me. And that's my knowledge. You can ask the rest of my Miami guys. when we go on a trip. I don't, I, I go out and I have one night that I get to cook and I, they have to stay away and let me do my thing. I just, that's my knowledge. But um, if you want to ask about where I've been, that has steaks that I think that are close to mine. Uh, I can't, I'm having a brain, a brain malfunction. Geo's place. Uh, Tony's
0: Tony's. Yep. Here in Cincinnati. Yes.
1: Tony's is unbelievable. And then we've got a spot here in town right across the street from me called Bartini prime. That is right on par with Tony's. That is really, really good. Also.
2: Is that where you were last night?
1: No, I cooked my own last night. Gotcha. Okay.
0: I love it. I I was, I took
1: my family there Saturday.
0: (laughs) So any recruits that are listening to this or current players, my man, uh, connoisseur. So if you get anything outside of everything he's talked about, you could walk away from Mr. Uh, Coach right here and have a steak, uh, background. So
1: we can get you get it right.
0: No doubt. Um, I'm going to skip over number two. Okay. I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you get that. All right. Um, let's go to, let's go to, uh, number three here. So, uh talk us through the drill instruction your buddy and best friend dog miller which i love talked about this last night as well showed on twitter that, that was must see twitter uh must must engage so tell us about your Listen,
1: dog that was that was that's his everyday life that's what we do um, he, he loves playing with that ball and, and coach brown said hey i want all of you all to figure out a drill to do with your kids um, and I was like, uh, Coach, I, I don't have any kids. What would you like for me to do? I said, do you want me to go around the neighborhood and find some random kids to work with? He's like, no, I wouldn't recommend you doing that, but you'll pick yourself out. So I thought, well, I know. We're going to play fetch all day long. I said, okay, I can I at least come up with something here. And he's awesome. He listens well. I got lucky with him. Um, and we, you won't believe it. We went out there one take, told him to sit. He sat down one take, ripped it out there, done. Let's go. Wow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Look at that! That's a duo right there. That was great.
2: Yeah, he, and for those, if you haven't, what was that? I was just say for those of you who haven't seen it, go check it out on Twitter because Dante definitely breaks down, you know, the fundamentals of, of being an active football player, how to tackle and whatnot. Uh, but then he he, he he one thing he says is most people prefer the three point stance. Miller prefers the four point stance, uh, and then he proceeds to to execute the drill with perfection. So I thought it was great, man.
1: I appreciate it. Great that.
2: coaching. <laughs> <about that. laughs> so your love life. We won't, yeah, we, won't what about it? we won't we won't go too far down that road. But okay. I'm gonna throw you a curveball here. One thing you mentioned last night um was you said being single um in the coaching world has become a positive for you. Can you elaborate on that a little bit?
1: Yeah, I I've, I've I've had to find a way to make it a positive for me because in recruiting and the further up you go, recruiting becomes a little more dicey in terms of what other schools are saying and how they use it against you and stuff like that. So you've got to find ways to offset their negatives that they'll throw out. And a lot of the negatives that people have, because I mean I can talk to anybody, I can relate to people, I do a decent job in recruiting, but people try to use the fact that I am single and I don't have kids of my own against me. And I combat that with the fact that you're correct, I don't. I have a niece and nephew that I treat as my own that I, that are not my own. They have great parents that that I, that I I love and adore. Um, so I understand the aspect of keeping them. I always keep them every summer and they were up just last weekend. Um, but I, I combat it because all of these people that have families and, and kids and all that stuff, well, they have to tend to those families and kids. And it takes time away from what they can be doing with their players. Well, my family, they self-sufficient. They're, they're the extended family, so they get to run their own show. I get to focus all of my time on my players. I get to focus all of my time on not just the football side or just the academic side, but actually figuring them out and getting to know them. Once again, not on a friendship level, but getting to know them as people. And, and, and that is that to me is, is a huge flip because – I wouldn't be in this position if I, if I didn't know how to handle myself, if I didn't know how to be a man, if I didn't know right from wrong and, and being able to teach somebody those things. So parents would obviously feel comfortable with that. Um, but to tell them that I get to now divulge all of my time into their young man really has become a, a positive, like you said, in switching that up and recruiting.
0: I love it. Hey, this is not on our hot list, but let's give, since he's been putting you on uh, on the on the hot seat, what, what about – what hot take do you have on uh, Mr. Blackman here that you can share?
1: Careful. Oh boy! Uh, can I ask a question in my hot take like y'all have been? Sure. Oh, uh, let me think. Give me one second.
0: I know you got a lot of stories, so I can... got so
1: many. I you want see, to talk? My first one that came in, I, I I had to stop it from coming out because he's married. Now and I can't, what about karaoke? I can't about past, I can't talk about past relationships. So what's that's our out.
2: what's our song? Well, not our song, but we perform well.
1: That's 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 a great question. Is be honest with your viewers and 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 Decker and myself right now, who was the lead of our group every Monday night when we went to do karaoke at Brick Street? Definitely me. Okay, Decker, he just lied straight to your <laughs> face. Everybody that's on here. <laughs> Because I controlled the show. I came up with the routine, everything. He just was background noise.
2: And you guys want to know what the song was? Boys II <laughs> Men, End of the Road. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Sure was. I have a
1: great picture of it. I do still too. too. Man, I do too.
0: Well, maybe we'll post that picture with the podcast. <laughs> I, uh, I guess I missed out. I was a few years after, man. I missed out on listen, this. This
1: deck, we went every single Monday, sang the same song every single Monday.
0: No wonder they didn't let us out at Brick Street on weekdays after after you guys sober. Yeah,
1: we kind of ruined that.
0: <laughs> oh man, what what is uh, what, one of the last ones here we had is um, when when the COVID uh, pandemic is not necessarily over, but once things are lifted and in, in the new normalcy, what what's one of the first things you're going to do once it's quote unquote unlift un- unlifted?
1: Oh, go be around my guys. I've been doing everything because I'm on my own and I don't have to worry about anybody. I go out and go hiking and play golf and do the stuff, social distancing that I would do in a normal time. I cannot wait to get around my guys. I mean that from the, there is nothing more that I love than being in a room with my my players or players in general and being around that team and just joking and cutting up and just being ourselves. I, I cannot wait to get back and be around my guys.
0: I love it. Enjoying the process. Thank I think I think that's a great way. Uh as as we wrap up here. Um, you know,
2: you want number four.
0: Oh, uh oh yeah, yeah. That's actually even a better way. So yeah, I was gonna let you off, but this is this is Calvin here. Last I'm just one. gonna say well, actually you know what you ask him. This is your old roommate. Let's can you give us the thirty
2: second pregame speech? Can you get into mind? How can you flip that switch
0: real quick? <laughs> 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 so we're over two we asked him to sing uh country rose that that didn't happen now now a pregame speech
1: pregame speeches if if you if i could just rattle one off right now then it means it really wouldn't be real true have to come in the, in the moment in, in what's happening and what's happened throughout the week and all that lead up there's so much more that goes into pregame speeches uh, i would love to but no
0: like it, like it. That's a, gr- <laughs> that's a great yeah, way yeah, to end, man. He, that's, and that's he, a great answer. Yeah, no, absolutely. So just to kind of bring everything full circle here. So from you know the adversity you faced, Dante, as as a as a young man and growing up through, and then uh, overcoming that in, in what we call uh, here at the Underdog, overcoming adversity to sustain excellence. I think you're the epitome of that. And congratulations on on your journey, everything you're doing, and uh, from the bottom of my heart. You know, I know uh, just being around you as at an early age myself, uh, you were always a guy that was, you know, emotionally charged. Like you were there, you were present. You, you were an alpha, in my opinion. Uh, not that everyone has to be, as you mentioned, but you were that for, for myself uh, watching and looking up to you. And then to see you take that and not, uh, you know, you, you just keep elevating it. You keep, uh, you know, climbing, climbing that hill. And and uh, we, we wish you nothing but the best we can't wait to see your your continued climb and uh what is a way for our audience and anyone listening to engage with Dante or West Virginia
1: uh follow me on twitter coach Ride 37 very easy um instagram dta37 that's d t a e 37 um and then twitter is wvu football we're easy to find man and, and we post a lot of, post, post a lot of content and uh i'm very accessible send me a message whatever I, i'll get back to you as soon as i can Awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you so much, man. Thanks for your time. time. Yeah, appreciate you guys. I can't wait to see where y'all take this podcast either. And you know, if you ever want to come to Morgan let me know. My place is open.
0: We'll be there. We are in. We'll be there. All right, fellas. Thanks for listening to The Underdog Podcast. Please subscribe and rate our podcast on the Apple and Google Podcast apps. And send our Twitter handle a screenshot of your rating at Underdog Pod with your shirt size for a chance to win a free t-shirt. See you next week on the UDP.